0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast to DigitallyDownloaded.net. My name is Alan, I'm your host for this week, and alongside me, as always, is the sumptuous editor-in-chief, Matt Sainsbury. Hello, Matt.
1: Hello, Mr. Alan. Did you like my adjective for you this month? Yeah, it was very good. I don't know yeah, if yeah, it's- I appreciate that. I mean, it's kind of eat, eat the rich bit, and I'm not really rich, but anyway- it's done yeah how's the turnips alan
2: it's
1: the turnips yeah As i don't know if you saw the news but as we recorded there's one of your politicians over there in the the, the great old uk told people they should just eat turnips and that was the solution to all the problems in the uk
0: yeah, but they also told us to stop eating breakfast to save money. So, like, <laughs> I, I would take everything they say with a grain of a fucking big grain of salt.
1: What if and, you ate turnips for breakfast? That'd be all right, right? Ah, uh, it depends. How rich are you?
2: <laughs>
1: Can you afford turnips? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we also have Trent this week. Hello, Trent.
3: Hello. You said you were going to give me like a adjective this week
0: oh I can give you an attitude this week if you like, yeah, okay, let's try that again. Yeah. With me this week, yeah. as always, is the supple Trent.
3: Yes, <laughs> I like being supple, mate. <laughs>
0: there you go. No, oh, you don't, try.
3: Good, going great, yes.
0: Cool. Right. I'm very glad to hear that.
3: <sighs> Way well, too uh, early in the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And we also have a new person to provide an adjective to. He is a contributor on the website, digitallydownloaded.net. Um, and it is, of course, the venerable Brad. Hello, Brad.
4: Hello, Alan. Uh, loving the adjectives. Definitely sounds like a teacher who's just shoehorning some adjectives into a sentence to show the kids. But I love the vibe.
0: Exactly. You know what? you gotta you got to flex your creative muscles every so often, you know what I mean? Absolutely, putting in the long yards, yeah, show it all off. Uh, what have you been playing this month, Brad?
4: Um, uh, it's a bit of a controversial one, but I've actually gone back to Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's not controversial. That game's great.
1: Which one I was like that? that one. Was that the first oh. one, second one, third one.
4: That, third that one. was the third one that Crystal Dynamics didn't make.
1: Ah, the one I did not play. It it good
4: fun- yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, um,
0: it's very pretty as well. It's used a lot for PC benchmarks because it, it has like proper hair stuff and ray
1: tracing and all that sort of jazz. Oh, it's Lara cool. Croft is pretty, huh? That's never happened before. It's no, the it's crisis not. of
3: Tomb Raider. <laughs> it's, it's the tomb, Yeah,
0: the crisis of the Tomb Raider is what it's technically called, yeah. <laughs> Have you played it before, Brad, or exactly. is this your first time through?
4: Um, well, I actually uh, reviewed it for the site about five years ago and I just started doing another Tomb Raider playthrough. Oh, fair enough.
0: Yeah. yeah it's a decent series all around i think i, I didn't like the first one because it was too grotty when you died i found oh, see, too much. i see i like
1: the first one that was my favorite that's fair Be- i think it was because no, it God, was grotty, grotty when you died like the, 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 the yeah. you know it was high intense high impact gaming i had yeah. the feels when i was playing that it was pretty good um i, I played the second one it was all right but, yeah, I skipped out on the third. I One day I will go back and check it out. What have you been playing, Alan?
0: I've been playing the, the old Dead Sparche.
2: Oh, My favorite how are you finding suit.
0: it? Uh, it's the best version of Dead Space, which is impressive given that Dead Space is a very good game. Um Wait, so EA... fixed everything that sucked with the original. <laughs> EA didn't fuck up. That's the first. I know, and there's no microtransactions in it apart from like some cheap really? cosmetics that I don't care about.
2: Ooh, yeah wow. it only has
0: like the it literally only just has the um like the pre-order pack which is just costumes so like which, a swimsuit for a modern EA game <laughs> yeah yeah you put isaac clark in a swimsuit made out of his girlfriend's skin um <laughs> yeah that's good cool. uh, it's it's really good it's a fantastic game like i i can't see its praises enough it plays really well it looks amazing it's it's so refreshing to play a game that is willing to have a like a 10 hours campaign without any extra nonsense. You know what I mean? Like it's just nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I I, I, I
0: it's so bizarre.
1: I need to, I need to do an EA thing too I must admit. Um I got to play Wild Hearts which looks good for me and uh Yeah, that's the Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah. EA having blacklisted us for whatever reason I can probably give you a lot of reasons but they didn't give me a review code so this is like the first koi tech my game i've had to buy in like 20 years but uh yeah i'm i'm keen on it so and i've heard it's pretty decent so ea seems to be on a bit of a roll at the moment i don't know what's happening over there they're not they're, I not think they're up. Us
0: into a false sense of security so that they can crush <laughs> us later
1: on yeah yeah possibly yeah. what are you playing then matt um yeah, I've been playing stuff, lots of stuff, uh, for for fun. Stuff that you like... cannot be talking about? So... <laughs> a little bit of that, actually. There is, there is a couple of games I can't talk about. But uh, the, the one that I can talk about, in, in terms of games that I'm playing for fun, uh, Theatrhythm, I'm still playing lots of. Mm. Like, that game's never going to finish. It's just going to go on and on and on and on. It's like 50 hours just to play every song once. Um, so I'm not, yeah. Uh, I'm not it's giving insane. up on that game anytime soon, um, but yeah, it's amazing. It's exactly what I wanted. It plays lovely. It's pretty. You can actually unlock Chocobo, which is cool. Not a Chocobo, Chocobo. the Chocobo, the <laughs> one. You know the the, the dungeon crystal, uh, the crystal dungeon, oh, mystery dungeon, mystery yeah. dungeon Chocobo, like the, the 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 guy that is actually named a Chocobo. Yeah, you can unlock him. He's Everybody. great. Everybody. Yeah, 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 he's the best. He's my favorite because. Not only is he a Chocobo, but his name is Chocobel. Yeah. Chocobels are good. Isn't that like calling... It's like having a, a human character and calling him human. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's exactly it. But it works for him. He's pulled, like He pulls it. it off. He's a stylish dude, is the Chocobel. <laughs> yeah. To him. Yeah.
0: He goes out to Revolver Nightclub in Sydney. <laughs> Call I... everyone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I I've been playing the PlayStation VR like you know got got d- down oh, that that's right you of, actually
1: got one of those VR yes
3: yeah, so I got the the really expensive headsets and yeah so I got the Horizon bundle and so far I'm not really I don't know I haven't uh, got really into the Horizon game yet uh, I think my controllers were being weird because when I was trying to play it it would just not. Uh, let me control it when I finally got to the bit where you can actually climb up so I thought it's just bad game design and maybe you have to be in a certain spot in the room to like do it but I can't get into it but then when my partner was playing it later um she couldn't get anywhere in like Tetris and stuff like that so the controllers were doing something weird and not actually clicking buttons so I'm blaming bad to design. A shame <laughs> yeah
1: but, but i've in, also in... i've
3: been playing um hyatt game um, as well and the tetris uh upgrades so yeah
1: that's tetris effect right yes yeah yeah uh, that that tetris effect would be one of the couple of games if i got a PS VR 2 if i ever have like a thousand bucks to just throw away um it'd be tetris effect <laughs> and definitely the city skylines vr edition because
2: that that would would be be so cool
1: i know that would be so good i reckon um yeah but i mean horizon horizon i'd skip past because horizon you know doesn't need to not work to give you reasons not to play horizon just the existence of that game is like don't bother
3: but the whole introduction bit was you were in a little boat and they were just talking and it went on for probably about five to ten minutes before i even got to the stage where i could potentially climb up and start playing the game so it seems like it's dragging on a lot. And for a VR game, you don't really want to be either standing up or, well, we well, be standing up because it's mainly because it's designed for the play space more than sitting down. So you don't really want to be doing that when you're playing a VR game.
1: Yeah, but dragging, dragging on is basically the definition of what the horizon is.
3: Yes. I, I guess it's something you really don't enjoy Horizon.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of Horizon. <laughs> uh, uh, I, of I, I vaguely there, remember I the last
3: time I played the actual mainline games was like almost many years ago when it was first coming out and we were at PAX together and we like checked it out for like five seconds. That's like the only time I've actually played one the mainline horizons. And it was all because of that really bad demo.
2: There you
0: go. What a time to be alive. (laughs) And with that, we're going to move on to the games of the month. So hang tight, everyone. It's the games of the month. They're coming out. We're going to talk about them. Uh, I have been given a little heads up. This is quite a long list. So Matt, have you got it
1: ready to go? I have. It is packed. We have a big month. March is cray cray, Um, to use the cool kids lingo these days. Uh, It's probably not actually.
2: (laughs) That was. I I don't know. I
1: don't know how people talk these days. Uh, I'm an old millennial. Basically,
3: I, I feel like my age is showing by re- getting that reference uh, <laughs> just by you saying that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically
1: we're boomers these days. So anyway, moving on, the games of the month. Um, so it all kicks off in, we're talking about the PlayStation first up. It kicks off on March 3 with Chinese Neo Wolong Fallen Dynasty coming out on March 3. So yeah, that is basically, like I said, Chinese Neo You can play a demo at the moment. Uh, I don't know how many demos. They've they've released a bunch of demos in the lead up to this thing. I don't know how many you can still play at the moment um, as we record this. And then when you listen to it, I don't know if any of those demos will still be live. But you can get a feel for it. And it is fast and furious. And, yeah, it's basically Koei Tecmo saw Sekiro and decided they were going to do that for their next game. Um, And, yeah, it's good. It's good. I can say that without breaking in and stuff. Um, moving on. Also, uh, no. March, actually, no, moving on March 7, Romancilvania. That's a game that is a name. Um, it's a parody of Metroidvanias and a fresh take on dating in games. It's an RPG that features in-depth weapon and magic based combat exploration based based platforming and a cast of gorgeous monsters that you won't be able to this is an alan game alan you're going to love this game
0: no i'm sneering you're... i'm visibly
1: sneering <laughs> you've always you've always wanted to play like a, a dating metroidvania right that's that's your thing i not explain to you how little how little <laughs> i want that that <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful Thanks you've been after being reluctantly recruited by the grim reaper to star in a reality <laughs> dating show you're on a mission to find the world's most eligible monsters get them to move into the party mansion and restore the former glory by killing everything in his path along the way that's going to be a game um is that like milf manor but with monsters <laughs> we Are milf manor or is that a <laughs> reference it's going to go overheads it's going to be art. That's what it's going to be. That comes out on March 7, and I think that's going to be the best-selling game of all, all time. <laughs> on March 9, we've got Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. Now, I'm very excited for this, because this is the Fatal Frame in America, Project Zero, and the rest of the world. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this, because this was the one that had never been localized before. It was the Wii that- exclusive in Japan only. Um, Fatal that's from a suitor, isn't it? Yes, this is the one that Goichi Suda and Grasshopper Manufacturer worked on with Nintendo and Koei Tecmo to make happen. And everything that I've heard about it says that it is one of the better ones in the series. Like, it's just a game that everybody who played it absolutely loved. And, yeah, we never had it before. So we're finally getting it. And really looking forward to that. That's on March 9. On, also on March 9, you've got Oni, Road to the Mightiest Oni. I don't know what that is. But, yeah, it's a thing. Oni
0: as in O-N-N-Y or Oni?
1: O-N-I, as in the demon things from Japanese mythology. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also a March 9... I mean, 9... it
0: could be cool. I like Oni.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's part of that series, or am I wrong? Who knows? Who knows? Um, On March 9, we've also got Transport Fever 2 console Edition. That is a city builder but one that focuses on the transport networks so trains and um bus lines and airports and shipping lines and stuff so you build those up and then the city builds up around them basically Uh, and that's quite good game i did play that on the pc i don't know how it's going to work on console i didn't i wouldn't have guessed that the controls would easily port over to a controller but they've done it and that comes out on march nine scrolling along scrolling along um for those who like the the wrestlings we've got wwe 2k23 coming out on march 14 now who knows will it be buggy that's the main thing i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to all the little clips of all the blood bugs when it comes out and it doesn't work like the, the last one was it the last one that was notoriously yeah, the buggy? One that, um,
0: essentially they screwed over ucas for yeah because you guys didn't want to do that. That's all the right. Whole, they they um, dumped the
1: developer, didn't they? They got yeah. a new developer. Yeah. And they, they didn't give them enough time to actually make the game. Yeah.
4: It's really bad. It, I, hilarious honestly, game in the series, though.
1: it was. It was yeah. funny. Like, I never play any of them, but I, I like the clips of all the the weird animations and things. That was good fun. And let's face it, that's wrestling.
4: Okay, yeah. Oh, bombing your opponent and having them fly to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It does sound like a Vince McMahon bit, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, so that's you know, really like,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. It's on brand. How to the it. sky? Yeah. that's yeah. what he would do, and explodes, and then ascends.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, two, two days. Horrible after... man. He is he very much is two, two days after WWE comes out. You've got Anno eighteen hundred console edition which
2: I'll
1: play. I mean, it's Ubisoft, and my expectations with anything to do with Ubisoft is basically zero these days. But Anno is a series I love, um, and I'm sure it will be laden with microtransactions and other things, such things to ruin it, but I'll still play it because it's Anno. It's a really long-running series as well at this point, isn't it? Yeah, it's been around for ages, ages and ages. I don't know if it was always Ubisoft. I think, was it is it one of the ones that Ubisoft acquired their way into? I can't remember. It, um, I think
0: it might have been Atari back in the day. I want to say it was Atari.
1: I I really wouldn't want to hazard guess who who maybe originally owned it, but it has been Ubisoft for quite a while, actually. Like, I remember playing the one on the, the DS and the Wii, and they were both Ubisoft ones, so. It's been a while since ones come out on console though, so that yeah, you've had to have played them on PC until March sixteen. On March sixteen as well, if you've got one of those fancy PlayStation VR headsets, as Mister Trent does, you'll be able to play the Dark Pictures Switchback VR. That's a uh, roller coaster action horror shooter. Oh, it's, it's one of those rail shooters. Yeah, cool. That's, that's
0: cool. I'm so glad that that's how that's happening now. Yeah,
1: that's cool. I mean, VR was always got a
3: games compared to the Xbox list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> uh, horror is VR is good for horror. Even the previous generation of PlayStation VR, like the horror stuff was the good stuff. So, there you go. Yeah, I remember the Rise is- of
0: Nightmares on the 360 with Connect? <laughs>
1: no i did not do that (laughs) i don't do that
0: it was it was awful actually the the real horror was playing the game
1: (laughs) it's very bad um on march 16 so same day same day same day we're still on march 16 we've got alice gear aegis cs concerto of simulatrix which is obviously a japanese game because that's why it's named that way and do they want to sell copies <laughs> like genuinely, do they want to succeed? Do not know anything because... about this game. uh I think it's a like a a three here we go, three d battle action game, which is really not very descriptive at all. Uh, I think it's like um a fighting game, but arena based. Kind of thing. yeah, vaguely something like that, or the Dragon Ball Z. Fighting games, something like that, I think. Nice. I have to I be mean, honest. mean, it could I be all right. Know. I'll play it because I play everything that comes out of Japan, but I have no idea about this game at this stage. Um, March seventeen, Peppa Pig World Adventures.
0: Oh, let's go! Yeah, get in there.
1: <laughs> there. There we go. That'll be the game of the year for sure.
0: Genuine question: Have any of you played the Peppa Pig game? that's currently on
1: Game Pass. It's called My Friend Peppa Pig. I actually. I actually had that thing on my list of things to do on Game Pass, but I haven't got around (laughs) to it yet. I really should, eh? Matt is insulting. Kids are dumb, right?
0: Don't get me wrong. Kids are not very smart. It it hurts how little respect it has for you as a player. (laughs) It's very
1: painful.
3: (laughs) You should play (laughs) some of those Paw Patrol games. They're just right up there as well.
4: I don't, yeah. I, I don't. I
1: don't understand why those are on Game Pass. I mean, who's wh- which parent is 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 buying Game Pass for like the one game that's kid friendly on there? To be fair, they are very expensive games for some reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. The, the thing, the Peppa Pig one's like seventy five pounds or some shit like that. It's like the ultimate edition with all the DLC. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane. <laughs> I have to get that's... the DLC back for my Peppa Pig game. <laughs> <laughs> so I can fucking learn the true story.
3: So that's how I get them. I get them hooked on Game Pass and then they're like, get the DLC. And it's like a gazillion dollars. You know, it's yeah. a great upsell.
1: Good grief. It was the plan all along. Yeah,
0: that's shocking. Moving on. It's
3: awful
1: though. <laughs> uh, March 21, EA Sports PGA Tour. This is the first time EA's done a golf game for a while. Like a very long time. I going to say. I think it was what the PS3 was the last EA golf game? The Rory yeah, Ma- was- McAroy, McCubaney, Mickle back. I don't know. Rory. The Rory <laughs> the Ea. Game. <laughs> yeah. So the uh yeah, that, that shows now how much I follow golf. But yeah, e- EA's last golf game was back on the PS3. So I actually didn't mind EA's take on golf. Like I played It's not
0: Mario Golf.
1: It's not no, but nothing is. Um but I don't I'm not a I'm not the world's biggest fan of 2K's golf games. Mostly because they make you do the little flicky the stick thing to hit the ball and it never goes in the right direction. So I'm not a fan of those. But if EA just gives me a button press golf swings, I'll be happy. That comes I out of much really golf, don't you? I like just uh everybody's um, golf is. Yeah. Um the new ones easy come easy golf. I've, that's actually in my that like day. that's phenomenal <laughs> that, that's like in my top five Switch played games of all time now because i just sit wow. down for it for an hour every day basically and i just play it every day it's it's a great little golf game that one's on the switch but it's also not very realistic this one's going to be realistic i think because that's what ea does on march 22 we have last labyrinth now i don't know too oh much about- I don't know too much about the name of the uh, the the game, except for like the opening sentence of the description sells me right away. Saw meets Ico in this haunting and intimate title, like that's that's a good name. Uh, That's a good description. Saw meets Ico. Which saw though? We're talking the book of Saw. We're talking Spiral. No, we're talking about like the movie. James Wan. Yeah, James Wan Saw. I like that movie. It was good. I actually watched it last night a complete win, oh, really? Yeah, so I um I think it's
0: so surprising to me that that's technically an Australian film.
1: Yes, and it's actually Australia a really good film. Like away. the the yeah. series went off the rails after the first one, but the original Saw is is really good, really well made little yeah. horror horror game. Very clever idea and well executed, and James Wan is yeah. a pretty smart boy.
2: Yeah. He also, uh,
0: um, It's also got Carrie Elwes in it, who I really enjoy.
1: Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, he, pretty much the main character, right? Uh, and he did yeah, a good job. He's the he's the he's the dude. He's yeah, also he's the guy the... who is in the Princess Bride. Yes, which is an also very good film.
0: Yeah, so a, anyway, if,
1: if you if you like that <laughs> stuff, then Last Labyrinth comes out on March twenty two. On March twenty four, we've got Atelier Riser three, Alchemist of the End, and Secret Key which is great. More Atelier Riser, more Riser. She's getting thicker and thicker with every game.
2: Uh, well, well, that's I mean, that's a thing. Try she's that at some getting... point. She's,
1: that's where most of the previews went. It's like, how much thicker has the Riser got in this, in this game? Uh, but she's an excellent character, and that's an excellent series, the Atelier series. As everybody knows, I love them. And I'm very much looking forward to playing on with this one. I did play the first hour or so for a preview and really got hooked on it. So I'm sure the rest of the game is good as well. On the same day, if you're not into Riser, if you're not into Atelier bright, happy RPGs, if you just want to be miserable and play something nasty, Resident Evil 4 comes out. This is the remake of Resident Evil 4, which is entirely unnecessary, but they've done it and you can enjoy it. Alan's having I, I, a moment over there. I I really
0: am. I cannot <laughs> explain to you how exciting it is that that game is getting the same attention that RE2 got. I cannot wait. I cannot wait, Matt. I'm
1: going to scream. I don't know what was wrong with the original RE4. It was Nothing. fine. Yeah. So why are they remaking it? Give me a reason, Why did they Alan? remake? Give me a why reason. Why did they remake the thing?
3: Why Why are any video games being remade? Well, why did they?
1: (laughs) You make a good question, Alan. Why did they remake the thing? Because it was cool as hell. And they were
0: like, let's try it anyway. And they did. And it was cool as hell again.
1: But why did they do it? Money. That's the reason. There you go. It's all about the money. As it is. And
0: you know what? I'm I'm okay to be a capitalist in this situation. I will sell my soul. Alan, you're being
2: exploited.
1: <laughs> you are being exploited by these companies, Alan. Resist. Brother, I live in the I live in the UK. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> uh, on the same day, if you're not into your Atelias, your pretty pretty Atelier games, girls, and you're not into your Resident Evils for your nasty horrors, yeah, then you've also one. got a baseballs coming out. MLB The Show 23 comes out on March 24. Cool. The last one was good. They're really good games. They're actually really good games. I I do like what Sony does with MLB, I must admit. So I will definitely play this one and probably love it. Yeah. And scrolling on. That's basically it for the PlayStation 5. Let's have a look at the switch, shall we? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Scrolling. Just scrolling past switch the switch doesn't the- have
0: resi 4, so there's no point.
1: No, it's not getting resi 4. It is getting pretty girls breakers plus on March 2, which is you know basically the same quality as RE4, I'm sure.
0: No, it's so true, it's so true.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, that's one of those breakout clones where if you play well, the girls lose their clothes. That's the point of a lot that of those one on switch now. There are, there are on the same day. You've got fitness boss boxing fist of the North Star, which that's, I can't see great. working. Like if I try to do that, I'll like pull muscles and hurt myself badly because, like he he doesn't just box right. <laughs> he he has a, a exploding fists thing where I can't I don't know how that's going to work. I mean you know try and copy what he does and throw your controller through the screen or something. Yeah, it's the yeah.
4: screen it explodes. first fitness boxing game was really, really good, but I, I I don't understand who this is for. It's it's for people <laughs> who want a, question <laughs> to... <ask. laughs> it's for
1: people who want to box like Ken Shiro. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, maybe if you train hard enough at this game, then you can do that, which would be pretty cool. Just wandering down the street and boxing dudes and... <laughs> Yeah. What's he what's his it's line? It's mess. like you're already dead. Yeah. owa Yeah. Yeah.
0: classic phrase.
4: <laughs> That's a strange
0: yeah. idea though. I don't so know how to do that down, down the street. Or.
4: Yeah.
1: Just start saying that to random people down the street. That's gonna go down really well. Uh, yeah, so I Especially I don't know. in
3: Australia. That would be like the wrong <laughs> yeah. thing to say. it would be like, well, <laughs> What are you to me?
0: a country notorious for being very tolerant
1: (laughs) I just don't know where that game's going but it's coming out on March 2 so you can play it that's the thing that's what we're doing in this section you
0: can play it
1: (laughs) that's 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 all we're doing with this we're just saying what you can play not whether you should on March 2 Chess Pills comes out now I don't know anything about that game but that sounds pretty good to me play a chess have a pill yeah why not? I'm sure Why chess not? does. Get, I'm sure chess does get better after the application of pills to it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's this? Dead Cells Return to Castlevania comes out on March six.
4: Yes, oh, that'd be good. What the I hell did they? That.
1: Did, did the Del's Dead Cells developers actually get the license for Castlevania? Mm.
4: That's yeah, they cool. um, announced that, that really terrible award show that we don't like to watch.
1: Oh, that's why I don't know anything about it. But that's cool. Yeah. Like Dead Cells is, it is good. neat. Castlevania is cool. It is good. That's a good application of two different franchises together. Nicely done, Konami, finding them to do the game development for you. On March, <laughs> <laughs> on March 7, you've got Little Witch No Better coming out on Switch. And that is um, that is a Souls like but very anime, which is like Alan's favorite thing and least favorite thing mixed together. So you'll probably be lukewarm. Like... You'll be lukewarm about this one, Alan. I'll play it, but I'll be disappointed in myself while I'm playing it. Uh, but it's actually, I did play it. I have been playing it a bit for preview and whatever, and it's actually quite a neat little game. It's not very difficult. So if you've never played a souls game because you're a bit intimidated by the difficulty and or you found the other souls games a bit too much then okay. this one might be that kind of gateway into the genre as such if you do like your animes as well so yeah it's it's neat it's neat fatal frame also does come out on switch so you can play horror on the go that's on march 9 as well on march 9 as well Oni. Road to the Mighty, Mighty Azoni also comes out on Switch, so that's good. On, we're still scrolling through March. March 9 has about 40 games coming out, just so you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, March 9, the Record of Agarest War comes out on Switch. Now, this is a fairly old game, but um, I think it released on PlayStation 3. It might be available on PC as well, but it's coming out on Switch now, too. That's a Tactics RPG, which is quite neat. It's always kind of flown under the radar, but it's one of the better examples of that genre. So yes, play that if you do enjoy the genre. March 9. Uh, oh, cool. March 14, The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure comes out. So if you do like your 150 to 250 to 350 hour long games, then there you go. You can play this one. I don't know where this one fits in the order that you're meant to play this series, ask somebody that's a fan of the legends of heroes series
0: does anyone know no i've seen like 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 family trees essentially of how to play these games and i don't understand how to read them
1: (laughs) i'm much the same as you i I, i've lost track completely of the order that you meant to play these but this one's the the newest one i guess that's coming out in the west on march 14th Uh scrolling, scrolling, trying to skip through. On March 17, you've got Bayonetta Origins. Sereza and the Lost Demon Demon. That is that looks neat. Like I'm I'm looking forward to playing this. It's it's cute and it's a very different take on Bayonetta.
3: Well, I'm Um, not a Bayonetta person, and I've already got pre-ordered on my Nintendo Switch with those eShop credit stuff. So sign me up for it.
1: yeah yeah it's it's a weird one um i'm pretty sure nintendo just backed it to have something to come out in march but
3: it kind of reminds me of the ubi art style kind of
1: a little bit yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: i don't know the thing that it kind of reminded me most of in terms of the kind of the franchise as such is is what they did with travis with that weird top down oh um Travis Strikes Back Travis Strikes Back it was like this this odd game in the series it kind of works anyway and it was a lot of fun but yeah it's it's very different to the base series that's the kind of impression I got from Bayonetta Origins anyway I will play it I'm definitely going to play that moving on Remnant from the Ashes comes out on Switch on March 21. Is that the... A cool game. That's the Gun Souls. Right. Is that the one that um, Mercury Steam made? Or am I thinking of a different one I game? want to say maybe? I don't know. I don't That's, know. It's
0: interesting. It's a weird game. Is it? Yeah. It's worth a shot. It, it, look, honestly, it's the most like... I rented this from Video Easy in 2007 and it's pretty neat. It's It's that kind of game. Okay,
1: well, I'll I'll give it a go anyway, I'm sure. Uh, On March 23, we've got the Settlers, new allies. So the Settlers are back, which is cool. That's the little simulation strategy series, which is good value. That comes, yeah, that's out on March 23. That's another Ubisoft, so there we go. They've got stuff to publish for a change. Atelier Ryza does come out on Switch as well on March twenty four. Uh so does MLB The Show. That is also getting a Switch release. And honestly, it actually kind of worked as a Switch game. That's where I ended up playing it most. I had it on my PlayStation as well, but I was more than willing to to take the hit to the graphical performance to have it on the go. So that will probably be the same for me this time around. Here's a little one. This is a very indie game, but I do recommend keeping an eye on it. Uh, March 28, a game called Kana Quest comes out. Uh, Kana Quest is a educational game in that it'll help you learn some kind of basic level Japanese but it's developed by an Australian team and it's really neat it's a really quite fun little game that I played around with on PC a bit when it came out so yeah it's
0: been been on Steam for ages and
1: ages because I've been seeing that for years yes yes it has been around for quite some time so coming out on Switch is actually good Uh, I think it'll be the right platform for it Uh, it's not really a game that i want to sit down in front of my laptop for hours and hours to play so i'd rather have it on the switch good fit nicely done there developers and march 30 we've got Non 9 var commons that's not a new game it's been around for ages it's a visual novel but it is one of the better otome visual novels and uh, for many years now people have loved it on it's been around since the beta and it's good to have it on a modern console if you haven't played it yet and you're in any way interested in visual novels i do recommend checking that one out it is a, one of the higher quality ones that has been developed over the years and that's it really there's a whole lot of other stuff like there's just so much stuff that i skip past but those are the main games so i mean the only one that matters is resi 4 like everything well, else, we know which we know we, we know which game Alan's going to play this month. Um,
2: yeah, Peppa Pig.
1: <laughs> obviously, it's basically the same as Resident Evil, isn't it? Like they're the same. It's the game. same
0: amount of fear that I have.
1: <laughs> How good would a Peppa Pig game be if it played like Resident Evil Four? No, it would be the best game of all time. Yeah, exactly. How good I... would that be? Like an over-the-shoulders would... horror shooter with where you play as like the pig. And I don't know what you're gunning down. What What are Peppa Pig's enemies like? Who does Peppa Pig? Uh, hate? Susie Sheep, that little turd. Oh, okay. So there you go. You got to go through and like <laughs> shoot sheep. Yeah,
0: got to shoot sheep up. <laughs> such a bad joke. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I should be on this podcast.
3: It, it'd be like Saw but with Peppa Pig. it would be like Peppa Pig like kidnaps like all the like friendly animals like Peppa Pig doesn't like and then slowly tortures them in like their barn. I'm awful this game.
0: You're just describing the game Naughty Bear.
1: Oh, why'd you bring that up, Alan? Remember,
0: remember that game?
1: That was <laughs> yeah, a game. I wish I didn't. <laughs> that <laughs> was not a good game, Alan. <laughs> it was fine it's pretty bad (laughs) it was very bad it was funny because it was that bad uh brad pick a game you get to pick one game if you have one game left that you can play for the rest
4: of your life and it has to be one of the releases in march what would it be um as tempting as it is to tell strangers on darling harbour that they're already dead um i would actually (laughs) like to pick dead cells castlevania
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I did not know about that until I just read it in the list here, and I'm intrigued.
4: I've been wanting a new Castlevania for a long time, so I think this will scratch that itch quite well.
1: Yes, Konami has been very much sitting on that property.
4: Classic Konami. Yeah,
1: pulling a Konami. They've done a good job. In all (laughs) fairness, Konami has done a really good job of bringing all of its old games via those retro kind of compilations. Uh, the, the Castlevania collection is excellent. And then also the GBA one, whichever, whatever that was called, that was a really good little collection. So, But they, they do need to make a new one. So if they don't have the people in there to do it, then good on them finding a developer that will do it instead.
2: Yeah.
1: What about you? There's t- always one person who loves Castlevania. Everybody loves Castlevania, right? Like, it's one of those things. Everybody likes it. You can't not like Castlevania. Oh,
3: I'm going to hide now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How can you not like Castlevania?
3: Oh, it's just I like, the, I just hate that Metroidvania style. kind of crappy, boring games. And they're like... You just
0: also hated, um, you hated the Metroid game that came out recently, didn't you? You hated Dread.
3: I did. Yes.
0: Yeah. So no offense. I- I'm not going to take your opinion on this. <laughs> no it's just
3: that i just don't like those types of games and like every time people are like oh this is really 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 good i'm like yes i'll try and get into it and it's like oh yeah
1: but trent you can just play like the 3d ones then because castlevania has done all these different things the lords of shadow games are basically god of war clones and they're pretty neat they
0: did devil may cry did they yeah it was um castlevania lament of the, oh they uh, did. whatever it was. You're right. And it had it had the most Bechonen man of all time.
1: It was great. Those PS2 era Castlevania games were interesting. I did like those. Interesting way of saying kind of shit. <laughs> no, I like them. I actually like the only Castlevania games that I've absolutely hated, right? Are the N64 ones. Because nobody awful. liked those. So, they were absolutely yep. terrible. And then also the fighting game.
2: No, um, that was no fun. the fighting game. No, the, that was the, terrible. Judgment,
1: <laughs> judgment. Yeah, yeah, judgment was not a good game. It was fine. It was
0: awful and cheesy and stupid, and I loved that.
3: <laughs> Surely they're making a Souls like Castlevania. That that would be like the that next would thing. make
1: so much you sense, would wouldn't think... it? <laughs> it would... It's like crazy. You they would genuinely haven't think yet. that. Yeah, it's really crazy they haven't because it's just. The perfect property for it, and if Konami doesn't want to make it, yeah. If Konami doesn't want to make it, just get from software to do it, you know, just throw some money at them. I'm sure that's very good. I'm sure Miyazaki (sighs) would love to work on Castlevania, that'd be his thing. I
0: mean, he essentially did with Kingsfield.
1: That game's very Castlevania, it is, in a way, yeah. I'm, yeah, they just need to give them a whip. That's the thing. You're sure they can more be happy to do that. <laughs> They've done it for every single other game. I'm sure they can do it. Yeah. They have to be actually good, though, this time. <laughs> what about you, Trent? You've got one game. Pick your game. Any game. All right,
3: one game. I'm going to do Bayonetta. Uh, I want to get into the series. Everyone just keeps saying it's good, but that's probably just because they're all for like, tall girls. But, um... I'm just going to enjoy Bayonetta for what it is, and Origins looks like a good starting point.
1: Yeah, no, it's not just the tall girl thing that people like Bayonetta for, Trent, I promise. <laughs> they're, they're good games. It is a little so, bit. <laughs> what do you mean it's a little bit? It is a little bit, right? People like that character. Well, the, there's a little bit of that, yeah, sure. But the, 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 it a
0: step-on-me-mummy
1: <laughs> energy? <laughs> good. Yeah, they are good games. It's a, it's a good series. I prefer it to Devil May Cry. It, I it, I don't know how you can say that. Maybe well, I, I just said it. Resident I said the Evil words. I prefer it VR to Devil May say. Cry. It's like one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six, I, six words. Quite easy to say. It was
0: a lot for me to. It's too much for me to understand. I'm really sorry.
1: <laughs> 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 um, I got to pick my game, don't I? Oh yeah, Matt. What are you gonna play? Atelier, I think that will be my pick for the month. Okay. That's just kind of sticking to type. But I do love my Atelier games. Always have. I think it's like the one series I've given every single game, five out of five on the site. Every single Atelier game I've scored, perfect score for.
3: I just want there to be a four out five or a three out five Atelier. Game. Well, see, I'm now sure I can't, can't
1: because if I do that, I'm basically saying the game absolutely sucks, right? I'm stuck. That would be offensive. I'm stuck. I can't not give it a good score if I liked it as much as the other Ateliers, because then that would be suggesting things about it that it's not true. But uh, yeah, uh, this this one will be good.
0: So a big announcement at the recent Nintendo Direct was that they're finally doing what literally everyone has been asking them to do and releasing a combination of Game Boy Classic, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games on the Switch Virtual Console. It's not called the Virtual Console. It's the Nintendo Switch Online Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Classic emulation thing. Nintendo, just NSO, whatever you want to call it. But basically, they are doing what they should have done about five years ago when the Switch actually launched, which is actually closer to six years now, which is scaring me. Um, And have ported some games from the Wii U, eShop virtual console to the Switch. Now, this includes things like Metroid Fusion, which is fantastic, because more people should play Metroid Fusion, especially after the success of Dread. Yeah. Um, and it includes also another version of Tetris, which, of course, means you can now play Tetris eight different ways on the Nintendo Switch. What are you talking Each about, another
1: of version of Tetris? It's the Game Boy Tetris, the original Tetris, the OG yeah. Tetris, the bestest yeah, it's a, Tetris. It's
0: another Tetris. It's just another one.
1: It's not just another one. It's just one. Poor Tetris. You it's... can't save your pieces. It's the ultimate Tetris for the hardcore. That's exactly right. You can't save your pieces, it, and it keeps fucking me up Alan's every time I play trying this bloody to,
3: game. to, uh, um, you know, breach our audiences and, you know, reach out to the younger generation which don't know about this uh, Game Boy, you know, Tetris, and think that the original is released on, you know, the PlayStation 2 or something like that. But Alan's smart. He's broadening our horizons.
1: It is the Tetris yeah. that is responsible for Nintendo still being here today. If it wasn't for Tetris it selling a billion a copies of that, of Tetris. if it wasn't for Tetris selling a billion copies of the Game Boy, then Nintendo may not be here. You know, that's how important we can this all is
3: I, I learn this on the Apple Store documentary of Tetris, the movie. Oh.
1: There's an Apple Store documentary um. on Tetris.
3: Yeah, there's the t- Apple yeah. TV movie coming out. Didn't really? You it, oh it, my
1: it, goodness! Like,
3: it hit. It dropped like a few weeks back. The new trailer for the Tetris movie.
1: I am it's subscribed to It's
3: like a mockumentary. To I yeah. am subscribed
1: to that thing and I've never watched a single thing on it and now I'm I I, I don't
3: think it's out till later in the year but like uh, it, the latest trailer just like came out and everyone's like talking about it again because it was like a bit like over the top in some things but like still like really good it looks like a fun fun blast so yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm totally keen on that. Anyway, the Game Boy Tetris is good. It's excellent. It you is can't the best say one. You can't have, save your pieces.
0: I have such a vivid memory of playing it on a clear plastic uh, original Game Boy, like the ones that you could see through. You can see all the bits and bobs inside of it. it was so cool.
3: Yeah,
0: it. That's not but, the
3: original. <laughs> but it was um, Game Boy, you can see.
1: But that uh, was the
3: purple. Uh, the purple Game Boy Pocket was the first uh, clear one, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, let me find it. Yeah, anyway, yeah.
1: anyway, anyway, the Game Boy on the Nintendo Switch—it's actually good. Like, uh, before we before we talk further than it, uh, the the apps themselves are really good. The the way they've emulated them onto the Switch is really good. So, like, they've done a great job of kind of capturing the the aesthetics of the screen. Because you, know, as everybody I think knows, I I have a lot of emulation consoles, and I've been playing a lot of these games anyway via those things over the last couple of years. And always the screens are more modern in design and the, the emulators don't capture the original quality of those screens. But if you put the the switch on with the filters, then you can have a very close experience to, to what it was like to actually play these original consoles. So the, the emulators, these two have been really impressed. Uh, they've really impressed me. And I'm very happy that they're there finally, as late as they are, as Alan said it is good that they're there and i'm looking forward to to there being more games on them because they launched a little bit thin i feel in terms of yeah there's there's not that
0: many options
1: like there's only six gba games at the moment Mm. i think Uh, there's a lot more confirmed like they've actually said for example fire emblems coming and i don't think metroid's there yet metroid's coming and golden sun's coming Uh, And so a a lot of really great GBA games are already confirmed, but yeah, at the moment there's only six of them, and I think on the Game Boy emulator there might be seven or eight. Again, with more to come, but yeah, it's Mm. they did launch a little bit thin, give themselves some room to to build up over the next. It's okay. They can start it again on the next. (laughs) Well, I mean the, the the NES and Super NES. Apps also launched pretty thin, and now there's like 100 games on each of those. So they'll get there, I'm sure. There's certainly a, a lot of content that they can bring out, like both the GBA, Game Boy, and GBA had a lot of excellent games. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can get on there. Because one of the ones that actually really caught my attention was Alone in the Dark on the Game Boy Color, which is the oddest, most obscure game you can possibly imagine that they've just kind of stuck on there. So that gives me some hope that we'll see some stuff that's not, like, just the Nintendo games on there. It's weird, but I'm here for it. The
0: The real goal would be to get the Resident Evil Game Boy port that they made and then discontinued
1: halfway through. It oh, like you're talking 3D. about the, the cancelled one? Yeah, that'd be cool as hell. Well, yeah, they they did... the. You know that the developers or somebody actually got the... The, the actual rum of that and dumped it on internet archive and a lot of people have played it they actually got it pretty much done it got to 90% of development or something and I've played it it's pretty neat I would have really enjoyed it as a kid I understand why they cancelled it because apparently Capcom was like well this and this isn't very scary <laughs> so that's why they cancelled it and nice. you play it and it's not very scary but you know it's it is um what are you expecting <laughs> yeah and it is the actual resident evil just demade down into game boy form it would have been a lot of fun i would have loved it as a kid but anyway uh let's let's talk about the the games that we'd like to see come out on these platforms going forward uh brad is there a particular game that you would like to see on either the g game boy or game boy Advance? um platforms that maybe hasn't been announced yet
4: yeah um i'm gonna go with the original game boy and i'm gonna start with donkey kong 94 is that the puzzle oh, yeah. one yeah that's kind yeah. of like you start, start with the original levels of donkey kong and then it goes into like platforming puzzle yeah that was a fun little game yeah i like well, how it um, kind of taught you, um different like Taught you new moves in the cutscenes as you can as you progress through the game, and then like you could go back and replay it, and then because you know all the moves, you can finish like the original levels in like two seconds because you just backflip all the way to the top.
0: Because that's the original um like inspiration for the minis games, right? Yes, that's where yeah, they came like from. Yeah, like Mario versus
4: yeah. Donkey Kong and all those.
1: Yeah, that's pretty neat. I like
4: yeah, that. Yeah, that,
1: that that was a pretty neat little game. Um, I. I... I'm sure that one will come because it is a Nintendo thing. Like I'm pretty sure Nintendo has yeah, all the yeah, rights guaranteed. they need to to actually port that. So, yeah, I'm 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 certain that'll come at some point. Yeah. What about um... it's,
0: there's so many games? There are so many games on the Game Boy Advance and the GB, like the original Game Boy. It's insane to me. Like I, I was thinking about it because we were posing this question in the in the Slack today, and I literally had a moment of. Which do I pick? Because they're all cool. Um, even like weird licensed games. Like, I, I, it's insane to me that I think of this, but I think of the Game Boy Advance and I think of Inspector Gadget Advanced Mission, a horrible game. But oh my lord, is it not just the most nostalgic thing in the history of mankind for me? Like, I, I just, I want rubbish nostalgic. Licensed games, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I want it.
1: <laughs>
2: speaking speaking well, of golden eye,
4: yeah, they, they could bring it. Sorry, Matt. Um, yeah, they yeah. could bring out that James Bond game. It was kind of like a top-down Zelda game, but James Bond. Oh yes,
3: it seems no, to be a lot push it. to bring it in. They're like everyone, everyone's like now golden eyes on it. It's like bring the Game Boy one.
1: well such the, a weird game. Perfect Dark for the Game Boy was a Game Boy. There was a Perfect Dark as well more color i think yeah yeah no but you're, you're right about the license thing alan like one of the things that i always remember fondly about the gba was the lord of the rings um licensed Game games up. yeah when yeah. when ea had the license and they made the kind of diablo like games and they really were good. they were good fun like i really enjoyed them uh, and I, I'd love to say we won't of course because EA doesn't have the license for those anymore but I, I would love to see those again well, um, this is not a Game Boy game but I would love to see
0: the Lord of the Rings um the Final Fantasy 10 game at some point to come back but it's not going to happen
1: <laughs> yeah that was a great game uh, the third age that was, that so was. Weird. well there was a third, GTA, age, third yeah. age as well which was very different and it's uh, it's it's a unique kind of strategy game. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it since either. Where so the, the kind of it, it's a tactics RPG like vaguely like Fire Emblem, I guess. But the battlefield was split into three sections, and in each section you had a commander, right? So it could be like Boromir or Aragorn or Legolas or whoever. And each of those leaders had a certain number of command points, and they could use those command points to command a certain number of troops on their section. On their turn so you wouldn't be able to c- control all of your characters or all your soldiers and um you had to move around the battlefield quite tactically it was a really neat interesting different game totally different to the uh final fantasy 10 likes on the playstation and gamecube but the gba one really got me as well again i'd love to see it we won't because again yeah doesn't does have that it, license yeah. anymore but um yeah that that was a fun fun game The GBA had so much experimentation on it like that. It was good. It was good for that.
3: Well, licensed games around that era were like that. Like everything was just uh like the Harry Potter ones, for example, were completely different to the console games. Like there was anything which was licensed by EA was actually like EA was in that evil era. Like everyone's like, oh, EA is evil. But like everything they did on the Game Boy Advance was probably like Gold tier, like great nostalgic, like just experimental, great RPGs, like for all that license stuff. Like you had the Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, What was there was a few others out at that time as well. But yeah. But yeah, going to what I want to bring in. I want to bring in some the Sims games, like herbs and you know, uh oh, Castaway and this, all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. The narrative Sims games on the GBA and DS was so insane. And I loved them. They were not what I expected because I wanted The Sims. And then it came out and you were like, it was just a light RPG. So I'm completely on board with you here, Trent.
1: Absolutely. Bring him back. See, I, yeah, would, have thought you like, would, have, I would have thought you would have said Survival Kids, Trent.
3: Oh, well, Survival Kids, there's three games you told me to pick. Survival Kids <laughs> for later in the segment.
1: <laughs> when, I sure you were going to... Softy-
3: when you've had more coffee, and, and then
1: and then I was health. sure I was sure you're going to bring up Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced then as well, just so you could mention right. the snowball fight. It does. It does
3: need to come It was
1: going to happen. Gonna it was going to happen. Gonna happen. <laughs> uh, it's it would inevitable. be good. <laughs> it would be good to have that actually on the. It, they won't because if if Square Enix was to do a Final Fantasy Tactics again, they'd release it as a separate game and charge you 150 bucks for it. Uh, so I think they would and, just make and,
3: a new one at this point. like yes, yeah, they, they've sort of got that revival of some of their older stuff, but it's all new releases or ports and stuff like that. So yeah.
1: they did it with tactics over August, so they're not going to release their games on the virtual console, but that would be neat.
3: They could 2.5 uh, HD uh, remake it uh, in the style of uh, you know all those other tactics games and you know, live a life. and yeah, they could do that. That would be great.
1: There is one that may happen, I guess. I mean, it's feasible, I guess. The there there was a Tactics RPG that was released on the GBA, which I'd like to see uh, Onimusha Tactics. So
0: that's a weird game. It's yeah.
1: so cool. Onimusha oh. was a great series on the PlayStation Two. The kind of horror was... horror style action games um, yeah. from Capcom. Capcom kind of deep in its Resident Evil and. Um, Devil May Cry, early era Devil May Cry, did this kind of uh, medieval samurai horror thing that they called Onimusha, which was, it was excellent. The third one, actually, uh, on, on the PS2 had uh, Jean Jean Renault
2: It was so a, weird. In a starring he in role. Which, he got isekai yeah.
1: Which, which was great but uh they did a onimusha for the gba but they couldn't obviously do the full 3d horror thing, so they didn't instead they made this tactics rpg which was odd but excellent it was one of the better tactics rpgs on the platform i thought and i could see that one coming happening because it's they got just, no other way to release it how
0: because it was cheap to produce for the GBA, so they basically just threw money at random devs and said, right, go make us a game in this license. Go. Well, that was the and thing. They like, come most... back with the weirdest stuff. It was great.
1: Yeah, that that was like, that's why all these consoles had so many creative games on them because the teams that were working on them were tiny, right? So you could make yeah, a... It was like
0: a guy in a basement.
1: Yeah, you you could make a game on the Game Boy with a team of five or six people, or you could make a game on the GBA with a team of 10 people. And they had a whole bunch of studios that were kind of specialists on that platform, and the big publishers or whatever wanted to do a game with their really well-known licenses, but weren't able to do kind of a port because the GBA and Game Boy weren't powerful enough to... To port console games so they gave these projects to these kind of specialist developers and said can you do something using the license um that will work on this console and they came up with some some crazy ideas to <laughs> to make them work which was great it was a very creative time
2: Just extraordinary backers i mean uh, we are talking about things
0: that have been announced already here, but the fact they've got Kirby's Amazing Mirror online is so cool. And it's almost enough to make me want to subscribe to the Nintendo Switch online plus whatever it's called. Because it is very neat to play a Game Way Advanced game online. Oh, you don't you're not a subscriber, Alan. No, I just do the base one because I don't really Uh, play online on Switch anyway. I just use it for Center Blade.
1: The N the N sixty four stuff online is really good as well because don't forget that consoles there as well and it's got GoldenEye and Mario Golf and Mario Tennis and Mario Kart and Windback and yeah. a whole bunch of other great multiplayer games. But yeah, uh, being able to play Super uh, Mario Kart events. what's the what's the Mario Kart Advance called uh,
4: Super Circuit? Super Circuit. Mario Kart Advance
1: Super Circuit. There we go Super Circuit. Being able to play that online is really good fun. Great game. I don't know We're why, why you bring to, though,
4: in, though, in a world or
1: swords as well. Of course, Four Swords, yes.
2: Wait, did they actually release Four
3: Swords? Oh, Oh, no. Not
1: yet.
3: I I was just excited because I really wanted Four Swords and I was really disappointed. So the Game Boy Advance had Four Swords. The 3DS had Triforce Heroes. The Switch has two controllers, two Joy-Cons. Why wasn't there a dual Zelda game where it's like, here's a Joy-Con, here's a Joy-Con. Let's play a Four sword style game. Why didn't that happen? It is like marketing genius, like instantly, like millions of dollars just by making that game. It's stupid that it never happened.
0: It is, <laughs> it's, I agree with you fully. <laughs> it's it is wild to me how they've basically just like said, mm, No, we don't want like we don't like money. <laughs> Let's not make a game that everyone will be like, Oh, hell yeah, about.
3: I, I think I saw it's a, so a tracking here, but I'm really disappointed that that whole joy-con like thing like just phased off in terms of what nintendo was doing and the uh what their switch marketing was like it you it, when it first was like announced and well like the first initial thing it was like everyone can have a joy-con you can have a joy-con you can have a joy-con and that became successful and it's like well everyone has a switch now mm-hmm. no one needs to like you know do that cool sharing thing you know you're on a basketball court here's the switch let's play some joy-con while we're playing basketball you know while listening yeah, to, no I did that. By yeah, nobody,
1: nobody did that. Trent, so <laughs> that's why no, they stopped in, doing in that. the
3: world did that. Yeah, Nintendo sold me yeah. on a dream, and I never got
1: it. Yeah, that's that's why they stopped doing that. Though <laughs> nobody played it that way. Love the um, idea. Back to... I have
3: this image of Trent in my mind of him going to a basketball
0: court, and no one's there, and it starts raining <laughs> while he pulls the Joy Cons off his Switch.
1: Back to the Aww. the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance, um, the, the the one probably the game that i would like to see most again probably won't happen but uh heroes of might and magic 2 the game boy color port that's got to be the game i played the most on that console um it was very much a demake of heroes of Mag- might and magic 2 but having that in portable form back in the day was just amazing that you had this full-on strategy game that you could play for all night and uh it had that very much kind of one more turn quality to it. Uh, I, I'd love to see that somehow end there. Uh, who knows? Maybe Ubisoft will come to play and drop it on there. That'd be nice. There was Another also um... goal
0: here is to uh, is ahead. to convince people that um, like the weird subgenre games that came from those bigger series. Uh, that they're worthwhile playing because I feel like nowadays when you say like oh I'm playing a game from you know Heroes of Might and Magic but it's not the ones you think of everyone immediately thinks ah shit mobile game and it wasn't the case and <laughs> it's so sad that it's now like devolved into the idea that a spin-off game on a handheld is shit I want it to go back to being nice and pleasant <laughs> I want good games again I want cool, interesting, weird experiments that kind of don't work sometimes but are still neat.
3: I mean, like back in those days, weird... like the weird games were sometimes the better games. Like, it's like all the console yeah. games would be like, you know, these big blockbusters. And then it's like the Wii or the like GameCube or like the Game Boy Advance would have this weird offshoot game and it had some quirky little, you know, uh, quality to it and be made by some really, really like bizarrely great developer. And it's like, this. why is no one playing this? It's like the better game.
0: All the VR rally games on Game Boy
1: Advance that were like the faux 3D were incredible. I love those. Like they were so good. I really love so those. impressive as well. The, the, the little cars always look like those toys, you know? The yeah. Little, the kind of collectible the like toys. Yeah, exactly. I love those. And then, yeah, it was really impressive that they managed to get those into that kind of faux 3D thing worked i mean it was the same for the first person shooters that the gba got there were a couple of those i was about
0: to say doom on the gba amazing
1: yeah or serious sam was the other one that i played a lot of um i don't know if people any anybody else remembers serious sam on the gba but yeah that that was a lot of fun as well
0: i remember being a child and seeing it in a store and being like that looks cool and my mom telling me no it's too violent for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I remember being really upset because I thought I was a big kid because I just left grade three.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
1: there was you, it you it alive. A GBA as well, wasn't there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they was, did a the port of that.
0: It was a weird port, though. Was it? Yeah, apparently it was like it was like half the levels, but not. It was like half levels, but they were all changed. So it right,
1: still wasn't it? You know the That's most subs- <laughs> the the. The, the first person shooter that I perhaps remember most on the GBA because the story behind it was just nuts was uh, X versus Sever. Um, so, Yo,
0: yeah, from the movie.
1: Yeah, but it was a weird one, right? <laughs> so, X versus Sever was this first person shooter that was based on a movie that hadn't come out yet. And they released the game, and then the movie got delayed for like three years or something. <laughs> so, it was it was pretty much the only licensed game that wasn't actually, you know, attached to a movie. And then the movie came out I and it was that. the worst thing ever. It was a terrible movie. Absolutely terrible. So probably just as well for them that it came out. <laughs> it got delayed. The game
0: was like, okay. The like game was all right.
1: hating X versus seven. Yeah, the game was It was all right. the worst thing of all time. <laughs> but the movie was just, it was Antonio Banderas and uh, Lucy Lou was it? I mean, that is a great bloody combo. It could have been good. How can you not love Antonio yeah. Mendoza? <laughs> it could have been good, but yeah, it was just, and was, the the story behind it was just hilarious. <laughs> um, Such
0: a weird experience. I want weird games like that on the Switch. Screw it. Give me like the you... the weird, strange games that don't make any sense. I, want I just
3: you want know should enough. be rem- uh, put onto the Game Boy Advance stuff. The bit generation is games. They need to be on the Game Boy Advance uh, stuff.
1: Yeah, but they were all Japan-only at the time.
3: No, they didn't. They came out in Australia. I had them. I had, like, one or two of them, didn't I? They came out.
1: No, no. They... I'm sure they came
3: out, like, like there were, like, English versions. And no, then it was they... Like... they released them for the
4: DS Life. Yeah, yeah they the were DS all. Life. They were all, Maybe that's why I'm confusing. They, yeah. were
1: all, they were all remade for the DSi and WiiWare as art-style games. But yes. the big generation originals were all Japan-only.
3: I still should, should bring out the originals it's not that hard to bring out the original Game Boy advance games
1: yeah i mean they'd be great i, I certainly wouldn't say no to them because yeah some of those games were favorites of mine i i really like the um what was it called hexite i think it was uh in english on the dsi way i don't know what it was called in japan but it was the one where you had like a grid of hexagons and you had to fill it with colors uh, they, they yeah, so that was actually my favourite the too, the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was a really neat little game. I'd like to see that. That they could put that on the GBA and conceivably, I guess, localize it to the. First it kind
3: of reminded me of uh, there, there was like a game in the '90s on the PC called Hexagon. It kind of reminded me remind me of that. So like, you'd like get the you'd like do the piece, and then you like get like move another piece, and then it makes a sound if you like, you know, get extra hexagons. It was great. I'm sure someone listening knows what I'm all about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah, I mean, the one thing I guess it'd be interesting for me to see how many people are actually playing these things because the Game Boy in particular was very much a, a product of its time and we've will and truly gone past the period where it was just retro. We're talking about, you know, downright archaic. Now and while we here are all pretty pumped about having that on the Switch and being able to play those games, I just wonder whether they have any kind of resonance with younger players. It's a little bit like the NES, I guess. That the the NES games are possibly a bit too old that unless you have particular nostalgia for them, it's a little bit hard to pick them up today. I think the Super Nintendo and onwards, um the quality of the games were, were such, and they were modern enough that people who didn't grow up with that console can go back to it and enjoy it. And I think the GBA is that as well to an extent, but definitely I think the Game Boy, the stuff that's on there is really only for people that I think grew up with the Game Boy. Um, well, I'm, I might be wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know how other people are responding to it, but I just remember that when they put the, um, for for a simple example when they put pokemon blue on the game boy uh the the virtual console on the 3ds there were a lot of people that loved pokemon from the later games but hadn't played the original and they found it very very difficult to get into that original pokemon blue or red um so i i don't know i don't i don't know if the there is much of a I, I I just don't know how many how people would get along with Pokemon. Uh, sorry, with with Game Boy, if they didn't grow up with it. So um yeah, are, are there any other games that people would like to see? That- Survival kids. Survival kids, yes, Trent. I mean, Survivor and the kids, Japanese survival kids too. Survival Kids would actually be good. Like, it would be generally good, genuinely good. I think that game holds up pretty nicely, actually.
4: That I like so game but, um, with the filters for the, like the original Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. I'd like to see them implement the Super Game Boy somehow. Oh yes, because Survival Kids had that too. It had
3: like a background around it.
4: They do that yeah, already, and, like Wario Blast.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, they they do that already, don't they? Like if you, um, because if if you're playing Tetris, for example, it's all coloured now. Yeah,
4: you can do the Game Boy colour filters, but there was like there were some games that were like um, Super Game Boy, so they took advantage of some of the Super Nintendo's hardware. Yeah, special backgrounds and more colours and things like that.
1: I remember the Super Game Boy. I just I, I thought that it was basically assuming that already <laughs> for some reason because i thought that the tetris like that like i said if you if you play tetris on the it, it's kind of in color and i thought that was kind of that was what happened when you plugged it into your super game boy
4: yeah it's pretty much the same but i think there were just some games that were between the game boy color and the original game boy that were like super nintendo enhanced i guess right there was some something in the game that um, only the Super Nintendo could push hardware-wise, so there were some like cosmetic changes and things like that to games that you could only do for the Super Game Boy.
1: Right. I mean, I remember Tetris Two. Was it called Tetris
4: Two? Yeah, that was the Super Game Boy Advance one.
1: Yeah, I remember that playing that a lot on the Super NES. And yeah, it, w- it was different to what you could do with the when you had it plugged into your Game Boy. But yeah, for for some reason, I thought that. The, the the emulator was already doing that. I'm sure they could. There's no reason they couldn't do. Yeah, it.
4: it'd be like I haven't found like just looking at the online emulators. I'm not sure if the emulation community's really put Super Game Boy stuff. They like, haven't really implemented it, so I'm not sure if it's like a hard thing to do because it, it requires Super Nintendo hardware. I'm not sure how it all works in the background. Oh
1: right, yeah, thing. yeah, gotcha. You might you might be right. It might be difficult to do so. Maybe they don't do it on any on the switch either. There weren't that many games that relied on that. No. Um. Yeah. Well, I think that's that kind of covers us there. Some Game uh, Boy
0: games coming out is exciting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I mean, the overall, the one that I'm looking forward to the most is just having Fire Emblem come out on the. Because that one's already been confirmed, of course, uh, and having yeah, that on my Switch—that is cool—will be great again. Not that I haven't played it like three million times on emulators already, but yeah. the original Fire Emblem is my favorite. And then after that, all we have to do is wait for Nintendo to get around to doing GameCube. That's the last. That's well, the it's last not going to happen Game anymore because
0: they—they've probably realized that Metroid Prime made a shit ton of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, and. Once they do the bait and Katos one and two release, then they've kind of tapped out of GameCube games anyway. <laughs> there weren't that many. I of
0: them. I'm excited for that though.
2: Also, I also think that GameCube
3: enough. is like probably like on the horizon for like the the next console. Like they'd be up to then when that's when they want to do GameCube. I think we'll be doing Nintendo 64 and Game Boy and stuff like that for a long time before. Before we even get to GameCube stuff, this generation,
1: <laughs> I, I don't think there's any more N64 games that'll come. Uh, I think they've kind of tapped out of what they can bring to that platform. The, they're just if you the N64 didn't have that many games in the first place, and then once you take out the ones that are out of license and would be impossible to to bring to the platform, I think one of the reasons that they did the GBA and Game Boy. Virtual consoles was they just didn't have anything else to, to release on the existing platforms. So this gives them another runway for more games. But yeah, you're probably right that we won't see GameCube on the, the N Six uh, on the Switch. I think that the platforms we've got now are probably it, unless they want to add like Game Gear. Yeah. Game Gear would be alright.
0: Game Gear would be cool. Play the the Game Gear version of Doctor Robotnik's Main Bean Machine. <laughs>
1: No, the one I think Nintendo should do, they should work with Hamster, right? And do an arcade virtual console as well. Oh, yeah. Because Hamster's got like 300,000 arcade archives on the Switch. If Nintendo was to work with them to do that in subscription form, then that would be amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it'll happen, but it'd be cool. <laughs> it probably won't, but it just makes more sense than selling them individually. Like ten bucks for each arcade game seems is probably limiting to the number of people that'll pick them up. But if they had an arcade archive as part of the subscription service, then I think a lot of people would make a lot of use of that. So you know, if you're tuning in Nintendo, have a chat to Hamster.
3: Game of Watch could yeah. also be reasonable. Like if they do like somehow work out how to do game and watch
1: on it oh yeah game and watch um, would be, be good.
0: controversial here and say no one will play them except for like people who play them as a kid because i played a couple of game and watch games as a kid and i hated them
3: <laughs> no yeah, they great
1: you were away from your computer for a second there alan but uh, i actually said basically that about the game boy that I'm, I'm not sure that anybody who didn't grow up with the game boy is particularly fussed about that console it's just a little bit perhaps archive you know but uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think you're right with i uh, use pokemon as example you should t- listen in alan you shouldn't walk away from your computer sometimes <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: well um, we'll
3: see what happens next week well it'll be what well, podcast will be out by the time it happens anyway but the, the pokemon event apparently it's rumored that uh blue and red are going to be announced for the game boy and that, or like, that's like the fan expectation so it's not going to happen anyway like that's what's at. but if it did happen then it'll be interesting to see well there's there's no reason actually that,
1: there's no reason it can not happen because they've already done virtual console ver- versions of red and blue but like i was saying earlier people who love pokemon but got into the series later and then went back to try and play red and blue on the 3ds when it came out in the virtual console a lot of them found it way too difficult to get into because it was just like you you can't it's archaic. The, yeah, it's archaic. There's no running shoes, for example. So everything moves a bit slower and um the animation it's a game for nerds. Yeah, people like me who grew up with it. <laughs> I mean if you if you're nostalgic, then yeah, the, the Game Boy is definitely a thing. But if you didn't grow up with that console, I just don't I, it's like the NES, like I said. I don't I just don't see that having an appeal to people who came to gaming later. And certainly, Game and Watch would be the same, but it's it would worse
0: be good. Watch because those games last two minutes each, and they are bad. <laughs> well,
3: there's Game Boy Advance collections. Excellent. They can put it onto the game. They can put the Game Boy Advance collections onto the Game Boy Advance uh, virtual console. Well, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't.
1: Them. I'm surprised they didn't do that because Game and Watch collection on the GBA was basically all the Game and Watch anyway. Um, they put one of the other Game and Watch on the. Game Boy thing, Game and Watch Three, I think, is on there now, and you can play that. But why they didn't put the advanced one, which had every game on it, on the GBA one, I don't know. But anyway, money, Nintendo, it's all the same. It's the, the platforms are already there. they I just I don't get it. I don't get Nintendo sometimes. They have it, but they refuse.
0: So it's pretty rare that a new genre is created out of, you know, a single game. We've seen it before with like Doom likes and that sort of stuff. But the biggest genre that we've seen probably in the last sort of 15 years. Oh God, it's 15 years. Because when did Demon's Souls come out? 2008? Something like that.
1: Um, Sounds about right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's insane to me that it's been around that long now. Um, it's the Souls-like. Um, There's not a better name for it. I don't really like the name Souls-like, but it's probably the best that we've got at the moment. We'll find it one day, but eh. Um, And we've noticed really in the last sort of, I guess, 10 years that ever since really Dark Souls 1 popped off and everyone was like, this is the best thing ever. And we have a lot of Souls-like games, and sometimes they're good. Sometimes they are awful. A good one is probably Neo. And Matt will agree with me there, probably. I would say the bad point is Lords of the Fallen, which is atrocious and made me upset at PlayStation Plus for giving it to me. So yeah. Well, I was gonna Matt, say I, I, right
1: I, I don't I don't think there's that many good ones is is a thing outside of what from software themselves make. Um it's it just, seems yeah, to be a genre yeah. it seems to be a genre that's hard to get right. <laughs> uh mm and i think that's i mean it is a genre that's hard to get right because it's such a such a precise genre if you know what i mean like you
2: need to have
1: Absolutely. a very you need to have a very finely tuned understanding of difficulty and level design and the way that narratives told and all of those things that you can't really just copy and paste from what from software does and still get it right if that makes sense like it, it, it's yeah you can't get away with the shit they do
0: if you're not doing it well
1: yeah it's like it's a it, it's such a creative activity to to make a, a souls like game that goes well beyond the mechanics like I've i've played a whole bunch of souls likes which are mechanically not wrong but because they lack that creative side the the mechanics don't really like the, the game doesn't come together in a way that's particularly compelling. Like, there are some examples. Hellpoint. I, th- I don't know if you played Hellpoint. Um, what is like, Hellpoint? Hellpoint was a kind of sci fi horror one that was released. I it mean, does. it's available on just about everything, but it just didn't work. Uh, Dolman's another one. I don't know if you played Dolman, but it is kind of. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of Cthulhu style. Um, Lovecraftian style, cosmos horror, and it didn't work either. Uh, I, I there there are not too many examples of developers that have really got it. Lords of the Fallen was terrible. I know some people were. Fans oh, it was of, so bad. I think it was notable because it was probably the first attempt by yeah, a developer it, it that was wasn't. The first one yeah, that they did it, it? It It wasn't. It was the first one that not from Software did, and. Yeah, it it didn't work really at all. Uh, the same developer did the Surge, and I know some people like the Surge, but it didn't really work for me. Surge either. is
0: okay. Surge two is much better because it's like not trying to be as soulsy as hard, right? Which I kind of appreciate. Right. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, it's fine. It's still it's still like a six out of ten.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, I mean and the it,
0: definition of an okay game.
1: So I mean, you are right that uh, Neo is one of the ones that got it right. I think not just for me but a lot of people really like Neo and neo too uh, koe Tech mode did understand I think the the creative side of this genre and they did a couple of things that were a bit different as well um but in a way that still worked and yeah they they got the difficulty right, they got the the narrative right, they got everything pretty much right. I mean neo was the reason that I got into William Adams. I didn't know anything about him before playing Neo, and then just kind of the game is obviously not a historical record, but name dropping him and kind of the vague the, the the way that they abstracted his story got me interested in the real history of the guy. So since then I've read books about him and gone to his gravesite in Japan and stuff. So Neo was pretty influential on me, uh, and yeah, now I'm playing Wo Long which is Koei Techno's back doing Neo, but now set in China during the Three Kingdoms era. And um, it's also pretty good. It's uh, it's fast. I, you, you played Sekiro, right?
0: I actually have not played Sekiro.
1: You have not played which Sekiro? Which is
0: shocking. I know. Uh, it wow. came out during a time where I had no money because I was working four jobs and also going to university.
1: Right, so Sekiro was faster. Much faster. The the Souls games have a pretty okay. particular pace, right? I mean, even Bloodborne, which was itself a bit faster than Dark Souls. But yeah, um, Bloodborne's so good. <laughs> they 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 had um Sekiro was much more about very quick responses and, and being very kind of fast in, in, in how you react to things. Wolong's a little bit like that, mm. that it's it's very much about very precise timing like for example one of the things that initially threw me about Wolong was that uh, all the kind of combat buttons were mapped to the face rather than the shoulder buttons and at first I thought why have they done that that's a little bit weird because I'm gonna have to go and relearn how to play Souls games basically but uh, soon enough it became pretty obvious why because the shoulder buttons the length of time it takes to press a shoulder button is way too long for the speed at which the combat in this game works like if you're not pressing a button within you know a fraction of a fraction of a second to do a counter or to dodge out of the way or whatever then you're in trouble in well long it's that fast which is which is interesting I I, I I can do that anymore Uh, i I think you'll get along with it alan like you like bloodborne so it's just just imagine bloodborne (laughs) but a little bit faster Uh, i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it and they've streamlined a lot of other things like the the leveling up system is just five different stats now um and those stats have a whole bunch of different implications so you're not you don't have to it's not like uh elden ring where you've got so many different stats to manage within your character this one's quite streamlined and it's designed to be much more pacey and actiony and stuff and it tells a pretty good sounds take. a
3: lot more enjoyable than like a whole complex like it's not dungeons and dragons you don't have to do all of the stats for your character and, and like two hours later not even start the game like you should be able to be into the game it should be fun and fast paced and
1: well you'll spend ages to design your character because like all koei techno games the character designer is intricate and in-depth and you can make some pretty interesting characters which you can't can do I make from the most crooks
0: looking man in the world can i make him look awful you can, can make, make an awful. ogre but also made
1: out of onions <laughs> you can make you can make can them he, look awful can... if you want to but you can know. they be pink <laughs> That's that's more that's more for, from software games. I never liked their character creators because everything well. they created looked <laughs> ugly as a result in the end. Anyway, just
3: use a Saints Row character creator in every game. <laughs> that's that's yeah, pretty, This is what I've been saying for
0: years. It's been my plan for years is to make every game look absolutely awful.
1: But yeah, That's um, how it has to be. Wolong Wo is is definitely a good example of a not from software company doing a Souls like pretty well. The other one that uh, I find myself recommending to a lot of people these days is uh, Still Rising, which is
2: a really French game. Yeah. Oh, a weird French game.
1: (laughs) It's the French Revolution, but with robots, which is pretty cool. Uh, Still Rising is actually a really neat game. I think that it didn't get the attention it deserved when it released. But, that uh, is
0: because it's Eurojank and that's just the,
1: the curse well, of think, the Eurojank. I think people went in assuming that it was going to be like all the other Spiders games because the developer Spiders is very much a Eurojank developer. They did Greed, Greedfall, for example, which is probably the most Great prominent game. one, but also Technomancer, um, Mars, Warlogs, and a bunch of other games. And they've always been that Eurojank kind of RPG thing. They've never done a Souls-like. I think a lot of people thought that Steel's Rising was going to be a Eurojank rather than a Souls like. Um I did. And He's then I Eurojank. got into it and I was like, what what, what, what? hang on, this is a Souls like, and I was very impressed with it. But um yeah. For what, some reason, what, I'm, imagining,
0: I'm imagining you playing that game and being like, What's the deal with this? Like
1: I, thought, I seriously I seriously <laughs> thought it was gonna be like Greedfall. Like <laughs> I was just I was expecting it to be greedfall ish where you had you created character and you went through an open world game more like dragon age than dark souls and it just wasn't <laughs> and it confused me at first but then i got into it and i was like yeah this is this is a good job guys you've you've impressed me surprised and impressed and delighted me i was delighted I, but alan what i just love that sort of stuff what um, i love weird shit to to you what makes a souls game good like you if if you were playing a third party developer's uh souls like or third party and not from software souls like what kind of criteria do you think would you're looking for to effectively you know so that you could say that the developer's done a good job in kind of emulating what from software's done
0: well, i think the only thing that's important for me is that sense of control it's the you have control, but you don't have full control. So it's the difference between a Souls like and a Devil May Cry game is that when you hit a button, you are committing to that button. Um, whereas in you know a more character action game, it's about hitting that button, and you can hit seventeen other buttons to cancel into other things. Um, basically, it's it's what I would say is the difference between Third Strike and like a mother versus Capcom game. You know what
1: I mean? Um, to oh, be ass-y. honest, I really don't.
0: <laughs> okay. So, MVC, pretty full-on. You can do a lot of cancels, a lot of cool stuff with assists. In Third Strike, it's very methodical. You have to like plan each attack, but also you can do some really, really cool stuff in it. Uh, Third Strike is more salty. This is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's all about that sense of control. As far as I'm concerned, some developers overcompensate and think that souls like means slow and and just like gelatinous if you know what i mean yeah and if anyone here has played the like lords of the fallen a game that so hugely misunderstood what makes souls games fun they will know immediately what i'm talking about um because that game has the issue where if you hit r1 which is a fast attack it takes about 14 seconds for that animation to play out and that's not interesting Um, I mean, my, my belief is still that Bloodborne is the best Souls game. Um, even with Elden Ring being Elden Ring, um, I think Bloodborne is probably the most well-designed, well-thought-out because it is quick. It is full on, but it's also slow. It's the best sort of mix of both worlds where you can play it slowly, but it encourages you to play faster and not use a shield. The point. There's a really good video essay by a YouTuber called H1 Guy, um, which looks at why Bloodborne is so good. Um, and it's the idea that taking away the shields actually makes the game better. Um, and I think that a lot of developers, particularly in the West, see the generic Dark Souls man with a sword and a shield. And they think, oh, okay, we're going to make this a game about hiding behind a shield, which is the most uninteresting and boring way you can play that game um I think the closest funnily enough is a game that I make fun of a lot Code Vein because that game is very very fast and it plays off of that a bit more than other Souls game and I'm not going to talk about Neo because Neo is the fastest game of all time and it's very full-on and I love it because of that
1: um you think Neo's still a fast. bit too much oh, for me. Man. If you think Neo's I can't, fast... No,
0: I'm not going to play it. You, I'm not going to play Wo
1: Long. <laughs> you, you, you got nothing. I mean, Wo Long's so much faster than Neo. I'm not going to play that game. It's like too much game. for me already. <laughs> that game will absolutely um, yeah, own you.
0: I just think that's the, the thing, is that people think that Souls equals slow, when Souls is actually about going fast, but thinking before you go fast.
1: I think um, it's like... Which a, like is, it's about the control of the pace right That yeah it, the, the pace is deliberate whatever pace they set it at is that pace for a reason and the whole experience is kind of built around that so you know the the souls games for example or elden ring are slower paced but that pacing is very deliberate for the experience and the kind of atmosphere that they're trying to sell whereas the Bloodborne is trying to be a bit more brutal you know it's trying to be more visceral in terms of its feeling and the atmosphere so it is a little bit faster and then Sekiro is is very much about speed and they've made sure that the whole experience is built around that constant sense of of speed and movement so yeah I think a lot of those non-developers do misunderstand that that they've kind of tried to calibrate an atmosphere or an experience and the speed at which the game moves is not quite at that and I think that's probably my problem with the surge that yeah the like surge the, has a big issue with that too the surge felt to me from memory and it's been a while mm-hmm. since I've played the surge but the surge always I, I felt like there was a disconnect between how fast the action was and how fast the game was moving and the kind of the atmosphere that the game was trying to sell on me. So, yeah, I, I feel like The Surge probably could have done with being faster. I think it was a bit kind of trying to be a bit soul speed <laughs> rather than it probably should have tried to be a bit more like Bloodborne or one of the faster ones.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad it's not just me who noticed that. Because um, the, the biggest issue I had with The Surge 1 was that it was still two Lords of the Fallen it still had moments of you having to be the slowest man of all time mm-hmm. and i'm an idiot and i play the the big guts berserk sword basically in every one of those games because i like big man go slam um but like
1: i i, I can enjoy it a- was just, um, it was impossible
0: it was impossible in the surge because if you use a big sword you just die you just too, too slow
1: like i i can and enjoy it's not interesting i can enjoy yourselves like that is slow if it is deliberately done that way like the whole experience is designed around that mortal shell for example is a really good example of that that game is is so cool it feels like you're moving through molasses sometimes like it it is a very slow and very deliberately paced um souls like but again the experience is kind of built around that the atmosphere is very very much kind of downbeat and kind of um uh thick to me it was like uh the the section, a never-ending story where the horse dies. It's oh, in the, the pile it, of goo. Yeah, it, it's that kind of weird association I have between the game and and that movie. But yeah, that that kind of atmosphere, a very kind of melancholic and, and downbeat. And I felt like the action being quite slow suited that for Mortal Shell. Uh, so I'm not against yeah. slower-paced souls, but only if that's deliberate, that's the point of it. Otherwise, uh, yeah. exactly. Like, why would I play a game that is just a Souls game but worse? You know what I mean? Yeah, because the Souls games are always paced perfectly for what they're trying to do. Um, yeah, yeah. So definitely the definitely the speed. The other thing that I think a lot of developers get wrong is the way that the stories are told, um, because everybody knows that from software's stories. Are kind of told through items and they're obscure and like the, the the main narrative is relatively thin but there's all that lore that's behind it and piecing to the, together the story as you go along is a big part of the point of the games I think a lot of developers really misunderstand how to do that well because it's hard to to tell a story that yeah. way and you don't have I to do I it want... I think is the point like you don't have to go that way and still have an effective Souls game. I don't think the Neo games did it. Like, the Neo games are very much a, a linear narrative um, for the most From part. From point A to point B. And Yeah, and the, you know, yeah. tell sto- tell stories via cutscenes and very traditional ways of telling the game story. And they didn't feel the need to have every piece of equipment have pages of lore that you needed to read through. But if you do that wrong, if you're going to go that Souls way and do that wrong, then you're just going to bore the living hell out of players because... Oh, Yeah. Who wants to yeah. read lore that's not interesting? And the only reason that people care about the yeah. lore of the, the Souls games is because it's fundamentally interesting and well-reasoned. But a lot of lesser developers don't quite get that. I mean, my biggest example of that is, I mean, as a,
0: as a school teacher, show don't tell. And if you're going to tell, tell it bloody well. Yes. Like, it's... A lot of video game writers are not given the time. They're not given the budget to actually write something proper good. And if they are given that time and budget, it's often, now you need to explain how they're in a volcano. Oh, they've gone from the volcano. They're now in an ice land. Explain that, write that. And I'm sorry, but like really sickly, there's no way. You you can't do that. And a writer needs to be involved from the start. And I think that's why Souls succeeds is because the writing team is on board from the get-go. They know what they're working with and it's not just a case of them getting sent a document saying right now now you're going to like talk about how this place is connected to this place they actually know about the places beforehand and they're building it up and the world design reflects that
1: yeah that's and why I, Bloodborne I think is so successful I think I think that's kind of why Elden Ring was successful as well uh, I don't know we've we've joked about George R. R. Martin's involvement with Elden Ring on the podcast in the past but what I think I mean his role in that was to write the kind of backstory right uh and that was little, done... like
0: um items and stuff yeah
1: and that was done right at the start so it was integrated within the experience it wasn't like they had the the basic they like they had the world and then sent the writer a excel sheet and said fill these cells in with bits of narrative um and yeah it is it's difficult because I, I would have no idea how to kind of approach that sto- that, that approach to, to to storytelling because, for me, the thing is, if you can't assume that the audience is going to see that bit of lore or narrative, um, how do you make sure that they still have a understanding of what's going on? If that makes sense,
0: yeah. How can you con- how can you confirm that they're actually going to be engaged with
1: well, how the story can- to begin with? How how can you be sure like- that if if For example, if you were to try and do this approach to this kind of from-software approach to storytelling and you had a lot of critical lore kind of built into the items, what is the player's experience if they don't pick up a particular item or they don't go to a particular area, don't fight a particular boss? If they miss parts of the lore, do they still have that complete narrative? And I think a lot of lesser games struggle with that.
2: If Matt, you're gonna sense? hate me for this. You're gonna
0: hate me. I think that's the issue with FF13. <laughs> I I genuinely think that's the the exact issue with FF13. If you go into that game and you read all the stuff and you understand what's happening, it's probably great. But it's hidden behind the document, and I think I... that's a lot of the issue that a lot of modern Souls like games also have.
1: I'm trying to think where Final Fantasy Thirteen had that. Because like all the the the
0: encyclopedia thingy that you had to read to understand the key terms. Right. Now that's yeah, it, it's a little bit where I got turned off. Because bit... you're describing exactly the same thing that, that switched me off that game, whereas I just didn't understand what was happening because I didn't understand events that had happened previously that the game expected me to understand because the characters knew it. Right. What you're describing now is much the same. And I think that's really interesting because it's a similar weakness. I think the sequel to FF13, 13, like 13.2, was much better at that because it didn't leave you blind without reading. Right. It is, it's a weird link to make, but I,
4: yeah. Well, I'm making I making sense. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, I don't, I don't have that recollection of Final Fantasy 13, to be honest, but I'll take you, it's been ages since I've played it, so I'll take your word for it um
2: yeah but yeah it's, i mean
0: it's more like the use of words like falci and Elsie and lisi and all that sort of stuff and then incorporating past events about the world that's not shown to you but read to you but i didn't have to want to read it because it, it didn't grab me immediately which is where then the game became boring to me right which i think is then the limitation of like the the souls games that are not from from software
1: right yeah I mean, like like I said, i I, I just don't have that recollection I <laughs> that kind of thing, but, i mean the the point <laughs> i the point I was making was more that you know, with these with the good souls with from software um and the way that they do their games, if you miss parts of the lore, you don't miss understanding what's going on with the game. And I think that's difficult to do um well, because i I feel like the lesser souls games either um well they they tend to put law into the stuff assuming that you're going to to find it uh and if you don't pick up the item if you don't go to a certain area if you don't if you miss a document or whatever then you've missed critical pieces of information and then you don't have the full story anymore or alternatively they pack it with a whole lot of nonsense that doesn't add anything to the experience as well, because then they are assuming that you're not going to well, they don't, they don't have the assumption that you're going to find the items. So they only kind of fill it with filler material as such. I feel like actually doing that non-linear storytelling where you don't have any kind of, you can't as the writer have the expectation that the player is going to experience a piece of, Law or storytelling, I think that's very difficult to do as a creative exercise. And um,
0: well, It's insane. It's like writing a book, but you're blind.
1: Yeah. Because you and,
0: can't guarantee what people are going to see. It's insane.
1: Yeah, it, it's very difficult. And I think that the developers that are not from software that tend to do it well are the ones that don't try and do that. Uh, Koei Tecmo, in all of its souls Lakes games, doesn't do that they basically just tell a linear story as though it was just a, a standard rpg another good example not just neo but um strangers uh strangers of paradise
2: Stranger
1: paradise fun. which is yeah.
0: also probably the best souls like
1: <laughs> it, it's an excellent game uh and one of the reasons it is excellent is it doesn't try and do the law thing it just gives you a cutscene at the start of the level gives you a cutscene when you de- defeat the boss and um just tells a very linear it's story yeah, it it didn't need the law thing to work as a Souls-like, and I think that's probably the better approach for these third parties who don't have the writing skills of a Miyazaki and his team.
0: Yeah, um, Trent, out of interest, you don't like Souls it's... games. What is it? A story based thing that you don't like, or is it the gameplay as well?
3: Probably a bit of both. I think with uh, especially more Elden Ring, I just found that it was. Not necessary that you were uh, had no direction. Like I like games like you know Breath of the Wild. You don't really have a direction where you need to go. Uh, so that's not necessarily the issue I had. But I feel like it just seemed a bit um, how it was trying to convey what the game actually wanted me to do seemed a bit uh, rough. Uh, like any anything where it's like oh we'll go and view this lore. It just seemed a bit like you know the floating. There was like the items and all that sort of stuff. Like I just felt like I needed to see that, but the, how the game was telling me that I needed to see that just seemed a bit eh. And then I also found that the gameplay in terms of like, you know, the boss battles and stuff like that, you know, I was constantly dying and then I had to level up and I wasn't really leveling up correctly. And then I ended up finding a way to like walk to the end of the game to like grind and, yeah, so so I just thought it was a very grindy game if you wanted to actually feel like you're, you know, hitting through enemies and actually making progress through the game quickly. Like, otherwise, if you're playing the game, you're going to be basically, you know, going over and over an enemy, and that's the whole point is that essentially you die and then you go back and then you kill a few more and then you get a few more points and then you die again and then you, yeah, so... I I just feel like I need to progress a little bit more in the game and feel like the game is helping me actually achieve things to actually feel like it's valuable for my time. Otherwise, I feel like I'm just like playing the same five minutes of a game and not really getting anywhere. And with time so valuable, why do I want to play the same five minutes of a, you know, 40 hour game kind of thing? So.
0: Out of interest, did you know that to experience the story you had to read the item descriptions?
3: Uh I know, but I just sort like, of genuinely, went like, because I didn't know that yeah. when I started as well. No, no, yeah, no. I I just went into it because everyone's like, oh, Eld- Elder Ring is like the best. Like, it's gonna be like great because it's like, you know, Dark Souls and all this other stuff. And I hadn't actually played any of the Dark Souls before. And then I just that was like literally my first dark soul style game and it's like oh uh, this doesn't seem that great <laughs> I, I honestly empathize with that
0: because hmm. one of the first ever games that i ever reviewed as a game journalist back in the day was dark souls 2 and i had played a little bit of dark souls 1 at that point but i went straight to dark souls 2 and tried to beat it for review because i was like right i need to you know do a, a big old boy review and I was slamming my head against the wall for like 45 hours and having the worst time and it was very very tough and I understand exactly how you feel in that situation I want you to go play bloodborne
2: <laughs> yes I, <laughs> I feel like again, listening
3: to you explain made bloodborne, me change more more compatible with like, what I want it to be yeah
0: it's more approachable because it is a bit faster and it is it's less cryptic it's more like cthulhu horror which i think works in the style of storytelling a bit more anyway um because it's not like tangible threats it's just like weird insane gothic shit which i'm here for personally
1: so yeah yeah, i I, I think
0: there's a there's a big limitation
1: to that sort of stuff i i don't know if i would recommend bloodborne to trent next
0: Ah, love, love That's what I got into.
3: <laughs> Why well, well, can't be there be a different genre of like Souls games, like a sci-fi or something like that? You well, there know? is. There's or, heaps. There's a surge.
1: There's a there's surge, a surge yeah. or Hellpoint or Dolman. There's there's heaps of sci-fi Souls games. A I reckon,
0: sci-fi,
1: <laughs> I reckon the one you want to try, Trent, is probably Sekiro or yeah. Stranger. Strangers of Paradise. Stranger of Paradise is easier. Um, so it, it's a bit more it, bullshit. You, though you won't you won't feel like you're getting stuck into replaying the same section over and over again because you're you're struggling to get oh. your head around the combat um no no stranger paradise is it has that. an easy mode too so it does have an easy mode yeah easy mode, yes
3: awesome Where, i mean like Se-
1: Se- sekiro doesn't have that but sekiro actually tells a very straightforward story which is you know um when you when you're not kind of into the the souls-like way of storytelling then you, you can play that one and it plays much like a, any other kind of action game that you would have played before. So you might find the, the story a bit more approachable for Sekiro. Um, but yeah, I would not necessarily recommend Bloodborne until you're a little bit more comfortable with it because it it would suck if you... I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges with, <laughs> with Bloodborne is um, until you beat that first boss, you're absolutely screwed. Because you can't. Level no, I don't up. think so. You can't level up.
0: Oh yeah, okay. No, you're right.
1: Yeah. And leveling up then, is like, it's like, like that big, actually, My biggest
3: complaint is I can't level up to the point where I'm feeling like you. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. The one of the it took me a while to get past the uh, yeah. You, you, there's no way to grind yourself into a position where you can make that first boss easier. So if you're struggling with that no, first no, boss, no then you absolutely stuff. I
3: don't want to be doing the same thing over and over again to like get to even comparable with the boss like i just want to get to the boss defeat the boss next boss like well yeah when you get into the
0: groove of bloodborne you will enjoy that genuinely like as someone who started with bloodborne properly like that was the first game i actually probably enjoyed yeah that's the one you want it's very neo-y as well because neo you can kind of just like throw yourself at a wall for a bit until you find a bit of gear that you actually like and then go with it neo is really good for that actually because it is so liberal with its gear in general
1: yeah, I never thought. I don't, yes. I don't. I can't remember ever getting too stuck in Neo. Um, no, where it's I, too long. Where I felt but it's the never need like to, impossible. Yeah, I, I never felt the need to kind of grind as such because, yeah, I, I never got that stuck in Neo. I mean, there were it was difficult, but you were able to learn the bosses' patterns and stuff just from from a couple of attempts and getting up to them was never. Yeah, it it, it was difficult without ever feeling like it was going to be a grind. Wo Long, is, bullshit. <laughs> Wo, Wo Long is 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 something else entirely. I, I I'm looking forward to seeing people's opinions on this game because I think it might be a little bit more divisive than Neo. I think the pace is going to to really bother some people. Um and Yeah, but in in all honesty, souls like games are always gonna bother a lot of people. <laughs> well, true, it will bother some people. Uh and the and the other thing is I think the the difficulty of Wo Long is is not as well balanced, perhaps. Um the the first the first boss took me like 70 attempts to get past um because he just absolutely brutalizes you and he's a two-stage boss as well so it took me maybe 15 attempts to to him through his first health bar and then he just kind of levels up and converts into an even nastier guy for his second round that very first boss took me ages to get past and then after that it settles into something that's much easier for quite some time and then it hits another difficulty spike so yeah I, I think the uneven difficulty of wolong might bother some people and the pacing will definitely do so but i do think the narrative is really well told um and it's uh it's an interesting take on three kingdoms china so people who like dynasty warriors will probably find something of interest there too the way that they've approached the story this time around so yeah, it'll be—it'll be interesting. It's going to be very interesting.